Well, howdy, gang. Uh, back country and barbells coming at you again after a quick uh, winter layoff. Uh, having a good time with family, uh, doing a bunch of uh, things. Uh, we are back and uh, ready to bring you everything we know uh, from back country to barbells, um, all in the hopes of helping you live or excuse me, train, hunt, and live the best lives possible. Um, we're, we think we're doing it, Jeremy. So um, I guess if we can banter back and forth and help others do it, uh, good job by us. And uh, maybe along the way we can chuckle a little bit and entertain some folks. Fire it up. That's a goal? That's the goal, baby. <laughs> that's the goal. Well, Just have fun. That's it. If but, anything, man, it's put fire under my rear to hunt more and get into shape. I mean, I'm probably in the best shape of my life, and I, I've never wanted to hunt in – well, I guess – I'm about back where I was seven, eight, ten years ago. Yeah, and you know, uh, to be honest, you know, I've been tinkering with podcasting for a little bit. Um, I had one with a buddy um, that was uh, this Doc and Jock podcast that uh, was pretty cool. And the the neat part about that was just um, talking with a bunch of uh, uh, training and, and physical therapists and strength coaches and um, it was like an education in itself. And then uh, that one segued into one called the Everyday Weightlifter, which was well, that's when I was heavy into weightlifting and even this one as I've gotten into hunting like I I use this platform more than anything as like something to hold me accountable and something to like force me to be educated on something because you know yeah you can when you're a hobbyist you do it when you can and things get in the way but I found that like this podcasting situation is is such a it's such a low barrier of entry and it puts it puts your thoughts in the public and that accountability in itself is worth the effort in doing it. I, I 100% agree. So, um, if, so what I'm telling you folks out there listening to start a podcast. If you have a like, if, <laughs> yeah, seriously, if you have a hobby and you got a couple people that listen to you, and if you're like the guy on the block that people are like, hey, you know, you know, let's say you're the hobbyist carpenter, and everyone's coming to you for you know how to bang a nail or cut a piece of wood or measure this or hang it, hang it. You know, I, I need to do a French cleat. You know, you're the guy that's the one who does that. Well, you probably got like 15, 20, 100 people out there that would listen to you. And who knows where it goes from there. So, um, you know, and, and like I said, I mean, if there's anything that social media is good for, and there are some good uses for it, I really like this idea of like, how do I develop this community that can hold me accountable to like the things I want to do? And, um, you know, um, I think I'm, I'm definitely a better hunter uh, because of this, uh, I get up early in the morning and train because I know I talk about it and say I do it. So I'm like, oh, I can't let the, you know, <laughs> I'm saying I'm doing it. I ain't, no one's going to call me a liar. You know what I mean? So exactly. I, I, hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, so get after it folks. I mean, it, it's really not a hard thing to do. And if, if, if I can do it, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, um, if we can do it, you guys can do it. And if, if let's say you're listening to the show and, and you're like, man, how do you, how do you get it going? Um, even if it's outside of the training and hunting aspect and you're interested in how to get your own situation rolling, uh, um, we can help. So, uh, just, just reach on out. But, um, so what's up, man? Let's catch, catch up really quick, Jeremy, over this holiday break. I know, you know, I, I am very guilty when, when I have, you know, I teach, uh, when I get a long break, I go way off the grid and just, um, in fact, my fundraising job with the gymnastics team, the one lady asked me to to kind of not she said hey you should stop signing up for jobs because uh like if i know i'm not working on the weekend i just put my phone away a lot and i just won't answer it and um she likes to send out emails about certain things and you know she's like you need to check your email on the weekend and i'm like nope i'm not doing it 
like it's just it's just not something I feel like doing. And you know, this is this situation here, this job we're doing is so low on my priority list that I'm not changing my go about for it. And so she's like, "Well, then 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 you don't need to to sign up for these jobs anymore." So that that's where we came there, but <laughs> hence, hence the <laughs> yeah. man, you got it's family time's important. I'm with you. I don't yeah. after 5 o'clock, I don't answer my phone and some customers will be like, "Man, I called you at 4:58." And I'm like, "I don't answer my phone after 5." There was a time in my life where I'd be up at the phone until 8, 9 talking to customers, you know. Yep. When I had my own construction business, but you know, when you're home with your family, you're home with your family. There's no reason to answer the phone. If it can't get done today, it'll get done tomorrow. I agree. You know, it generally, what's really super important to people isn't really that important. Like it'll get, like it'll, yeah. it'll get done. Right. And I think that like in the same breath that like, man, I really got to do that. I think if you put a little bit of that energy towards things at home, whether it's kids soccer, you know, the, you know, um, sorting out how the wife wants to know that you still care about her and actually doing what she wants a little bit instead of telling her you love her the way you think she wants to hear it. I think if you put a little bit of that energy in that direction, I just think it's better off. You know what I mean? I agree, and I think people need to respect that. And I, I guess that's what this lady's saying is just, you know, hey, if you can't do what I want you to do, then here's the ultimatum. And, and good for her for standing up for it and saying that. But yeah, it's just, it's so bizarre how demanding people are anymore. I mean, with social media, all these different yeah. devices, everything, everybody wants instant feedback. They want instant gratification. And it's going to be the demise of society. And you see it. I mean, road rage is on, on the high. Yeah. Um, people's irritation i mean people get irritated so quickly and easily you know you'd be listening to him gosh dang it i texted him like 30 minutes ago why isn't he getting back to me yeah it's like maybe he's in a meeting <laughs> that's right i mean he might <laughs> maybe be maybe he can't maybe he's grocery shopping you know i mean and maybe his phone died i mean there's all these reasons why things don't happen and people just get hung up on why why me 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 well that's right i think it's selfishness like i think when you I was talking to a gentleman who's a strength coach at uh where does he teach? He's a uh, he's a he's an exercise physiologist out of Cal Berkeley. His name's Andy Galpin, and he wrote a cool book called Unplugged. And I interviewed him once, and you know he's like, I get the strength and conditioning mentality, and even people in the private sector, you know, when when someone walks in three minutes late, you can have a setup where they do three burpees and you punish the person. That's one way to do it, and yeah. the other way to do it is. Um, maybe when they walk in, you can think of three reasons why she might have been late. And I bet you you can relate with one of them. And why don't you just give them a break? And I, th I think that there's two ways to do it, right? Like to, to be super selfish. And I think there's a time and a place for that. And I think there's also a time to be super compassionate. And I think somewhere in the middle is a way to sort it out. And, um, you know, dang it, you know, we, you talk about road rage, you could probably think about why that car swerved in front of you, you know, and, you know, maybe a kid, maybe I've been in it, maybe, maybe the kid in the back seat threw a racquetball at mom's forehead, you know what I mean? Or, or yeah, maybe they spilled some... coffee on their lap or, or, you know, they, maybe they got a stupid text from somebody and they wouldn't answer it, but it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, just, just, you know, I don't know, maybe a little well, bit more compassion for folks would do some good. Right. And here's the deal. 
the reason why you can come up with three to 20 different things is because you've done them yourself. That's exactly right. You're not that, infallible. I mean, <laughs> you've experienced it. Yeah. So that's why you have all these, well, the ball, the, you know, oh gosh, I dropped my coffee cup and it went at my feet and you're trying to get it before it hits the brake or the gas. I mean, <laughs> yep. so many different things. Or it gets stuck under the brake. Do you ever have a it, cup? <laughs> like, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> So, but, and on that note, I'll tell you, you know, everybody at this time of year, you know, they sit down and they, they resolution, they do financial goals. They think about, you know, uh, self-improvement things, but I'll tell you in the short goings of the new year, the one thing that I've, me and the wife sat down and did some things. And, um, this year we really made it a point to write stuff down and we did. And one thing that we wrote down this year that we've never written down before is our personal goals for each other. So Eliza was able to write down uh, two things that she'd like to see me do more of, and I wrote down two things I'd like to see her do more of. And and this oh. this was in regards to each other. And the cool part about that was it was like a real, like, we turned the TV off to do this, and it was like, generally me and Eliza have conversations in a similar way that I'd imagine lots of couples do. You know, the kids are in bed, the TV's kind of on, you're looking to just get your act together for the next day and then like you kind of will tennis ball back and forth you know oh well you know this happened this happened and it's kind of like a it's kind of like a like you're talking through a screen to each other if that makes any sense it's like a foggy kind of listening not really i'm so freaking tired i can't deal with this right now but i'll do it because we're married um right <laughs> <laughs> and i and i love you and i'm trying my best to prove it to you at this moment but the cool part about having significant time off around the holidays is we were both kind of refreshed enough to turn the tv off dim the lights and just sit down across from each other and really like put a good hour towards talking about what we wanted in the next year and it was actually really helpful but the end of it was that conversation i just brought up where we were like hey you know this is this is what i would like to know or see from you to know that I'm appreciated. And to hear that was really cool and to receive it for real and actually spend the last two weeks implementing it was cool because what I realized is as much as I thought I was showing her that I appreciated her, um, I wasn't doing, I was doing it the way I thought she wanted it. But what I realized is with just a little bit of a tweak, I'm showing it the way she wanted it it and in that regard um it's just received more she gets it you know what i mean and uh i'll tell you what in terms of like the relationship in the world right in front of me and what i could control and adjust and work with it's been awesome so um oh, good no it's been really cool I, I would suggest folks trying that i mean we it, it's something we added to our resolution season that um has been super happy you know and it's cool to get a a pat on the back from the old lady here and there um, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, how about you and you and Michelle or you and the family or you personally? I mean, uh, as, as you've, you know, cause I've, I noticed people kind of knock on the resolution season. Oh, new me, new you, blah, blah, blah. They're laughing at folks and you know, no one does it. You know, the, the busiest day in the gym is January 2 and the quietest day is you know, January 7th, stuff like that. You hear this and kind of yeah, knocking yeah. on it, but you know, there are ways to get habits in and every now and then one of them sticks and um, you know, have you found one or one way to do that recently that that's been, been helpful this new year? You know, we, I didn't really do a new year's resolution this year. I, I mean, I guess I did, but my goal is just to keep on the healthy track and uh, get in better shape and 
just keep the momentum going from what I gained from last year or so. Very cool. And yeah, and, and Michelle's really not a big, she's not into the New Year's resolution thing. She doesn't knock it or anything. It's just that, you know, she does her things throughout the year on setting goals. Sure. So Yeah, and, and and you know, I'm on I'm on board with that where I'm just like, you know, keep with you know, do it right, you know. And this whole idea of setting resolutions only works if you carry through with them. Um, but I do like this time of year to just kind of, you know, it's just a good marker. It's a yeah. new year. Just reassess some things. And when you're doing that quarterly, monthly, I think what I've figured out was in that season, it's it's a matter of really assessing yourself, really talking to the people around you. And then the the best thing you can do if you really are setting new goals and resolutions for the new year is, you know, writing it down and writing real stuff down, not just kind of yes. cherry picking stuff off the internet that you see somebody doing and go, oh, I'll try that today. But really, I think the best thing that I've done this year so far in the new year is to, again, sitting down thoughtfully, um, thanks to my wife, writing some things down and at least right in front of her, putting a real actionable plan together. So, uh, you know, don't just say it. Find a way to really do it. You know. Well, and I think a lot of times people just do this big, horlacious goal, right? They're like, "Oh, I want to lose sixty pounds," and that's their goal. Yeah. Well, you know, you can get easily discouraged on that goal because there's a whole lot of steps in between that goal. So you just really gotta you gotta get your big, horlacious goal, and then you gotta break that down in. Um, actionable little micro goals to where yeah so where you go okay well i'm gonna lose i'd like to lose five pounds in the first two weeks and then i want to lose you know another five pounds in two weeks assess that and then you know kind of piggyback off of that because the problem is you can get discouraged if you're not getting up there and you know with weight loss you can get to okay so you lost 30 pounds and then all of a sudden you're stagnant at that weight your body resets yeah, for, you know, it could be six weeks, and then you're like, you know, this isn't even worth it. I'm going to go back to my old habits. Yeah, no. If I can keep this 30 pounds off, I feel good. And a, then all of a sudden, you gain it back. A buddy I work with did something cool, and something I agree, and even, like, nutrition's a big one. Like, you know, you hear a lot of, I'm going to go keto, I'm going to go paleo, I'm going to I'm gonna do this, I'm going to go low-carb, and sometimes that can just be so daunting. My recommendation has always been, like, hey, start really small with something you know you can do. And case in point, my buddy uh, who I work with, you know, he's he's trying to shed a couple pounds and get back to like where he was playing baseball in college. You know, there was an athlete there, and he's like, I just need to find that guy again. And what he had done nutritionally was like, he, I come in there and he's unpacking his lunch, and he goes, he goes, Hey Joe, look, no sandwich. He goes, This week I'm not eating bread. And I'm like, Oh, cool, man. So this week you're not eating bread? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did it. And then the next day or the next week he comes and he goes, Look. Look, no bread, and guess what? I'm not. I'm not going to drink soda this week either. And he just was incrementally kind of making little tweaks that he knew he could do. And as he's keeping it up, the the ball, the that, you know, what do they say? Uh, a rolling stone gathers moss, or that whole kind of snowball analogy. You know that? Yeah, yeah. Even even like the Dave Ramsey kind of financial goal situation, where you know you pay off this debt, and then you roll that debt into the next one. I mean, those incremental those incremental gains and goals really add up. And not only do they 
add up into real progress, but they just get you steam and momentum. You know what I mean? So start small with it. You know. Well, for, yeah, and your body adapts to it too, right? Yes. Because it's if you if you pull everything out of this, you're gonna get you're gonna you're gonna be feel sick. You're gonna yeah. have zero energy. So, but if as you pull one thing out of here and another thing out of here, I mean, you're not. You're not hand. You're not like tricking the body and making it go into some kind of freak out. Oh crap! What are we doing? Yes. Right, exactly. Well, and, um, and you can see the same thing with performance gains and stuff. Where you know, folks who want to let's say let's say you got an old girl or a fellow who hasn't lifted weights in a while, um, you know, they'll want they'll you go into a you go into a platform and there'll be like three training options. You know, elite moderate beginner everyone thinks that beginner track is not for them you know i did this in the past i can go whatever but you jump into this kind of really hardcore five day a week elite training program and just like you said it's so daunting there's so much work the the realization there is that that you have to work into that and there there's lots of gains to be made from the beginner's aspect and i just like the for anyone trying to get into a fitness track this year the the goal should be to make progress as simply and easily as possible. You know, don't put too much work into your progress. If you found that you can lose a pound a week and your goal is weight loss by simply taking sugar out of your diet, you should ride that wave until you don't lose your pound a week and then make another adjustment. And the same thing with a cardio or running goal. If you're making progress and you're not doing much, you should continue that track because all of a sudden, if you if you cram twelve pounds of crap in a five pound bag with your training program, that's when you reach that kind of plateau pretty early. And that plateau can come from the body freaking out. It can come from an injury because you're trying to bite off too much than you can chew. But I I would urge folks with that again that fitness goal, you know, keep it simple for as long as you can, and then bring in that new tweak. Don't don't just go for something complicated and and new and crazy right off the bat. Well, right, because the first thing you're going to do is week number one and a half, you're going to injure yourself, and then you're going to regress, and then you're going to yep. have bad form, and then you're going to, yep. and then that turns into a whole snowball effect because then you're not really living a healthy life because your body's going to compensate, and you know you're going to work muscles that overwork some muscles, underwork other, you know. So you got to, you really have to start out slow. Yeah, I just got done reading the book Supple Leopard. Oh, cool. So, um. That's Kelly Starrett's book. With uh, we've uh, again, uh, Kelly's a, a super guy. We have I've, I've actually had the chance to interview him probably uh, four or five times. Kelly's yeah, Kelly's Kelly Starrett's legit. Yeah, no, he is legit, and I heard it off of Brian Call's podcast. Um, he did one last month, and uh, so I've been telling you I've had shoulder injuries and my knees have been hurting lately, and so I kind of started doing this lacrosse ball and very cool the roller and doing all that stuff and i dude i feel the best my my rim sleep went from 13 percent to 27 percent. very cool and how are you tracking that you on your fitbit on my fitbit very cool yeah it's it's amazing i mean i feel like i'm well right now i feel like i'm 35 and i'm my goal is to feel like i'm 25 there it is <laughs> but my but then what i realized is my range of motion on stuff everything where i was taught this is form has actually affected me now that I'm 46 and that's why my knees were hurting. That's why my shoulders are hurting. And so I'm, I, I guess I kind of did do a, a, a goal setting for 2020 that I didn't really think it was a goal setting, but I'm going every quarter 
I'm going to change different range of motions. So right now I'm just focusing on, you know, low weights and just getting my range of motion dialed. And then I'm going to introduce weights in the second quarter and then third quarter, you know, start training for the hunting. But I want to get those range of motions because it's huge on the way that my body feels. Well, and what, what Kelly says to do, and um, interestingly enough, the buddy I did the Doc and Jock podcast with uh, works for Kelly Star on the Mobility Wad staff. Um, and from time to time, Danny would bring me on the courses to teach with him. I would be his assistant. And the the neat thing about what they try to teach with the Mobility Wad, and I don't think it's called, I don't think they run it as Mobility Wad anymore. I think they're calling their outfit the Ready State. Um, yeah, I think that's what it is. So check out their podcast now, the Ready State Podcast. Uh, Juliet and Kelly do some cool stuff, and um, um, but it's in YouTube. He's doing a lot of YouTube videos lately. And yeah, and they also um, when da- when I was working with Danny, they would have like a monthly subscription where you could get their programming if you if you didn't want to put it together yourself. But you know their their idea with the supple leopard stuff and their whole platform is humans should be able to do basic maintenance um, on themselves. You don't need to get hurt and go do a physical therapist. You can do some of that stuff before you get injured. Um, and even, and I wish people would work on that a little bit more and, and take that to heart because, man, a, a powerlifting buddy of mine who competes, Donnie Thompson, even I think he put this the best. He's like, people just don't ever do what they need to do until they have to do it. And, yep. gen- and generally that have to will come in the form, especially in terms of what you're talking about, working range of motion and solidifying stability and, and doing like the, you know, everyone's going to do box jumps and bench press and sprints, right? Like because they get the sweat and you get that euphoria afterwards. But no one's going to spend the two to three minutes, you know, to, to loosen up their uh, hip flexors, right? Or or to take the lacrosse ball and smash out their T-spine. Like it's just, you know, and then do these goofy little tests to get that extra two inches of range of motion. But um, they they generally wait until they're busted. And the, the thing is there, if you take Kelly's advice and just do some basic stuff, like the way I used to break down his program in is I, I would always do, I would always do a, um, a lower body uh, range of motion focus. I would always do something for the middle and that could be anywhere hips. And then I would do something upper and that would be shoulder or um, the shoulders there. And I think if you take that six minutes um, and sometimes it could be as much as 12 if you're going to do two minutes aside and end a region, you know, anywhere from six to 12 minutes and just do some basic stuff. And if you're feeling pretty good, just pick something out of the damn book or go to his YouTube page and check that up. It, I think it pays off big time. Oh, it's dude. It's it. Yeah. Joe, I'm telling you, it has changed my life. It's changed my wife's life. She's sleeping better now. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, it, it, it trips me out. Because everything that I was taught was wrong, and now I'm paying for it, and now I have to recalibrate my body. Yep. But um, and it is, it is freaking painful, man. The other Some night <laughs> I was almost crying. I'm not joking. As a 46 year old man that doesn't cry, I was doing that roller on my thighs. Yeah. Whoo. Well, and I'll tell you about that. I remember my first time on a foam roller was at uh, Body Armor CrossFit in San Antonio, Texas, and I can remember kind of turning over and getting on my IT band, which is the uh, the the outside of the thigh, it's, there's a really thick piece yeah, yeah. of fascia out there. Um, and again, same That's boat. Like one. this sucks. But you know, if you stick through it and work it, um, I'm to the point now where, you know, uh, uh, a guy named Donnie Thompson I just brought up before he 
He developed a rolling system for bigger guys. If you can imagine this fellow, Donnie Thompson, was the first guy to total 3,000 pounds in powerlifting. He was doing it geared, but a big fella. And right now he's taking his outfit, this body tempering practice, to NFL teams, um, Division I uh, football teams. Like He's based out of South Carolina, so he actually does some work with Clemson University and a couple other folks. But you know he's a bigger fella, so you can't put a 300-pound guy who can squat a thousand pounds on a foam roll and get much so (laughs) what what he does is he ended up developing this situation with heavy steel tubes and you guys if you follow my instagram you might have seen some of it but this body tempering is another way so the point i'm trying to make is you will get better at that stuff and your body will get used to it uh that pain um you'll break through it so um eventually if you stick with kelly's stuff uh, Jeremy, uh, don't be surprised if you start putting barbells across your legs and looking for for heavier things. It, it's amazing what the body what the body can do and get used to. No, oh, I know it's it's nuts. I'm already. I mean, when I was doing my shoulder, dude, I was like, oh my gosh, this is. I think it's. I think my shoulder's gonna break. Yeah. There's no way that this is gonna feel better. And then the next day, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't feel the pain when I raise my arms. I don't. I mean. Yeah, dude, it is so bizarre. His concept, and it, it, it's pretty. Everybody needs to buy into it. Everybody needs to go rent that book, or from the library, or buy it, or whatever. It's an expensive book. It's like forty-eight bucks. Well, and you can get you can get some older versions um, used, which are just as good. And and we have a couple of his books. Uh, uh, we have Supple Leopard. Um, we have his, we have a running manual that he put together called Ready to Run. I actually through Danny. Danny wrote a pro, uh, program for Kelly called the Happy Shoulder Program, um, which is um, I sent something I think all archers maybe want to get into. And I think I think the cool thing to maybe just as we're continuing to talk about Kelly's stuff is one of the other aspects of it that I like is he makes this point that like life should be the test, and you should assess yourself through that test often. So like for example, an archer, you know. You could you could think about how you draw your bow, and if there's pain somewhere in the draw, or if like if there's pain in the letdown, or if for some reason you can't stand with good posture, or pull with good posture, or pull with good form, any chink in that armor, you need to address. And pulling back of the bow is the test. You know what I mean? For an Olympic weightlifter, the overhead squat is the test. So do the movement assess yourself in it and kind of work backwards from where you're deficient in that movement and go. So if you have some, if you have some shoulder impingement or some, you know, if you get all wonky when you pull back your bow and get into some junk posture and then you can't reset or, you know, you're, you know, like a typical one if for an archer would be, you know, that shoulder creeping up to your ear. If you're finding that you don't have the stability to stay in good posture and keep that arm straight and um, just be in good you know, that's the test. So then you can work backwards from Kelly's book and be like, oh, okay, why is my shoulder weak? Why is my, why can't my shoulder go in this position? Oh, here's a drill for that. I'll work that and then I can get back into my bow and then I can uh, fix that form. So even from that aspect, if you have a really cool hobby, like you don't have to be an Olympic weightlifter, you don't have to be an intense CrossFitter, you don't have to be running marathons to follow that supple leopard program. You just have to be an active adult who gives a rip enough about your hobby to thoughtfully assess if you have the tools to do your hobby and then from there you can work backwards and find some some mobility drills so here's my question for you jeremy what what are um 
what are you so what are you doing with that lacrosse ball exactly <laughs> so i've been working it in between that shoulder blade and in, in my shoulders um primarily right now is where i've been using the lacrosse ball and then i got the peanut ball as well to roll down my spine oh awesome but <clears throat> i found excuse me <clears throat> i found that the the um what is that the roller called the um the foam roller deal yeah it's just a foam roll the foam roll um actually gets into my fascia a little better in the other parts of my body um because i don't know why the lacrosse ball i can't get it in there well it might be so uh jill miller is another good one and jill miller is this kind of yogi who does the same deal where she's like hey you should if you have pain you should be able to manage your pain and what she had ended up doing she's actually uh um, she's done some work with Kelly too. She developed uh, these yoga tune-up balls, and her ball's different where it's a little bit more grippy. Sometimes that lacrosse ball, if you're wearing a t-shirt, and just the coating on the lacrosse ball can be a little bit more slippery. To be honest, it might be something like that where it's not grabbing you. So if you if you grab your lacrosse ball, for example, and put it in your palm and kind of make it, you know, you can extend your fingers where your palm's super flat, but then you can also just kind of make your palm... Um, flat or you can do it on your forearm where the the skin's a little bit more um the the point is it's an assessment on the lacrosse ball itself if you put that lacrosse ball on your skin and can turn it and it doesn't grab your skin it's it might not you might not generate enough friction to actually reach what you want to do so sometimes you can put maybe like um some tape around the ball um sometimes it's a different ball but i bring up jill miller because her yoga tune-up balls are a little bit more they're a little bit more grippy, if that makes sense. And even like Kelly's ball, he's got a supernova ball, I think, that's got kind of a, a really hard plastic coating on it. As you get more, as you get into this, you just might need a better piece of equipment to just grab at you some more. Or it could be a matter of maybe the ball's too small, and um, I don't know what you're doing it on, but between the t-shirt and the garage floor and a little bit of sweat and that coating on the ball, you just might be losing... You just might be losing friction. It just might not be grabbing you, to be honest with you. Well, it, it the one that we got is um, it's very grippy. Okay, cool. It, it's extremely grippy. I just for some reason I can't get that ball into. Might be too big. Is it the big supernova or is it small? No, it's small. It's probably two yeah. and a half inches in diameter. Okay, cool. It just it just seems for right now that the um, the roller is sweet is, has been the key, and it, it might just be the way I'm doing it too. But, um, so there's another maniac out of Portland. Um, this guy, Chris Duffin's a power lifter and, um, uh, went down and did an interview with him once and, uh, he took Donnie's stuff and he developed this thing called a boomstick. And you can imagine this is like, um, it looks like something out of a bad adult film, to be honest with you, something you don't want to mess with. But, um, <laughs> I, um, but I have a version of it that I found um, where I was actually walking off my kids and found this giant nail. I'm telling you, this nail that I found is, is probably about a foot long, and at the head of it, there's a bit of a golf ball. Again, um, looks like out of a bad adult film. But what I, I was talking with Donnie. I was like, Donnie, I feel like I could use this. And what I do with this piece of metal, um, this giant nail, and I'll take a picture of it, um, I'll just kind of uh, pinpoint certain areas where just because of when I'm generally working it by myself, you know, I found that it works best on my quads, but that's just because I can sit there and, and really put some attention to it. You know, I'm not going to be able to 
turn it around and kind of pinpoint, you know, certain spots in my um, rear shoulder and rear delts and stuff. But, you know, just kind of getting in there and maybe getting a buddy who knows what they're doing and just kind of getting into some soft tissue with something, you know, you're a bigger guy, you know, you might need just something a little bit more aggressive. And for those smaller areas, um, especially if like, I would recommend this like post training. I think um, whenever I looked at like soft tissue, um, soft tissue applications, I really always like foam rolling and body tempering something big and broad. Some, you know, you can imagine getting the foam roller and rolling out your whole spine. Something like that I thought was always great pre-workout. But then post-workout, I would like to get on my back and maybe get my wife to grab that nail and then pinpoint certain areas in my rear shoulder girdle um, and be pretty aggressive with it because you know sometimes with those techniques you're if you pinpoint it too much too early you're gonna you're gonna get that muscle to relax and kind of just submit to the process and then that's the last thing it's going to want to do after you do that is fire up to to exercise it's going to want to to rest a little bit and kind of then reset into that new range of motion you've you've kind of tried to solidify so um it's just another thought to put into it maybe you know you, maybe you need you need a little maybe you need michelle to stand over you and just kind yeah, of I, put her elbow in there you know but for sometimes for, i'm able to get more weight on the roller than i am with the the ball yeah and like you said it's just not i think it's the size of that ball i might just need a bigger you might need a bigger one but it, I mean, that that damn roller's doing fine for me right now, man. It's it's still got me damn near crying. So well, and that's it. And and to be honest, just to go back to what we were talking about at the beginning, stick with it. You know, if that if that's working for you right now, stick with it. There's no reason for you because, like, the tempering setup I have, I have a 77 pound tube. No, I have a, I have an 88 pound hollow tube, which I can then put a 77 pound. Um, uh, 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 not hollow tube, solid, excuse me, solid tube inside of it. So I can put close to 150 pounds of steel tubing across my quads and roll it out. You shouldn't do that yet. If you're still getting a good stimulus from a foam roller in your own body weight, you know, if, cause if you think yeah. about it too, even if you go to roll out your quads, you know, you're close to 200 pounds, you know, so at any given point, if you can learn how to manipulate your body and that foam roller, you could have close to 200 pounds of pressure on a particular joint if you can manipulate things right. Particularly, like, for instance, if you stood if you stood on that lacrosse ball and massaged the bottoms of your feet, which is really good for your hamstrings, you know, you're legitimately putting 200 pounds of pressure on your bottom foot. You know what I mean? So that's pressure. And that hurts, too. Yeah, and that, and that's a great one. And, and then that, that, that whole idea of uh, fascia trains working, that... I think that's the biggest eye opener. If you massage your, you know, to just, you know, again, go and we can kind of summarize this whole conversation about mobility right here where, you know, test yourself with something simple like a toe touch, you know, you know, legs straight, reach down, try and touch your toes and, you know, just take kind of a mental note of how close you can get to your toes. Well, then take two minutes each foot and then get your lacrosse ball and just massage the bottoms of your feet with some legitimate pressure. And over the course of the two minutes, you know, stop on certain areas, you know, flex your toes, crunch your toes, act like you're grabbing stuff with your toes, move it about, you know, test and see how far you can go. But do that two minutes each foot and then go back and try and touch your toes again. You will see right there that you've, you will gain anywhere from two to eight inches of range of motion just reaching for your toes. And that I think right there is one of the best examples of how you can affect yourself um, with some basic 
knowledge and a very basic drill to, to give yourself range of motion. And I don't know anybody who couldn't benefit from a little bit more length on their hamstrings. I mean, if there's yeah. an epidemic in this country right now, it's probably hamstring length. Hamstring length and hip flexor length, you know, between how much we're sitting, um, it's it's brutal. And that, that little... That little, again, one more idea of Kelly Starrett's situation is when you do have an impingement somewhere or an injury somewhere or something that's not working, you should also not go directly to the source. You want to fish a little bit upstream and a little bit downstream. So if your hamstrings are tight, you know, you fish a little bit downstream and loosen up your calves and your feet, and then maybe there's something going on with your glute and your hips, and then when you... You, you loosen up what's around the hamstring, that hamstring will also loosen up a little bit more. So, um, again, um, great stuff over there, man. This is a, um, something, something I'm fired up to hear you talking about, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, you got passionate on me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well you know what the biggest eye-opener for me is, is, okay, yeah. I can do squats. I, my form is great, right? I'm, so I'm thinking. And, and so I do the test where I put the uh, broomstick over my head mm-hmm. and seeing if I could go down and keep my shoulders Yep. You know, do the, uh, the, what is that, overhead squat? Yep. And I got down, and I looked into the mirror, dude, and my <laughs> that damn broomstick was two feet in front of my head. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was like, okay, I have zero range of motion in my squat. Why is this? And so that's that's when I decided I got to set this quarterly goal to get that range of motion. And, yeah, it was pretty wild. So get – Interestingly enough, Jeremy, there is a place where folks can get, um, if you were just interested in this concept of like warming up appropriately or training, you, I know a place where folks can actually experience it. Where's that? It's on our base camp program on our, on our website. Um, if you go into our base camp program, yeah, the, the, the prep piece, so there's a warm up. <clears throat> And, and uh-huh. what, what we're, we've been talking about is like prepping. This is like prep specific stuff to do for your training. Like, let's say you're going to go crush. Um, uh, you got this idea in your head that you're going to go shoot 100 arrows. Well, you should warm up and do something just mindlessly to get a sweat going. But then what we're getting into is this idea of prepping. Then you should legitimately do some shoulder stability work to just prep your shoulders for what you're going to do. And maybe even in within that shoulder stability work you're going to do some range of motion work where you could get your lacrosse ball beat the crap out of your shoulders a little bit um do some big general foam rolling and some stretching and then um stability work could be just like holding a holding um a push-up position where you're just kind of doing like push-ups from your shoulders but on our base camp program we have our prep section and that first uh, month um, just to kind of attack from some low-hanging fruit for everybody you know it's our recommendation to do an ankle distraction which is two minutes each side and there's a video of me kind of showing you exactly what that is um, that's for your ankles and I think that that will help generally that's low-hanging fruit for most people's um for most people squat and then the low hanging fruit for people's shoulders is just a chin hang. Um, you know, if you can imagine getting into a chin up grip and just hanging and letting your body weight kind of stretch your shoulders out. Um, it's a great stretch. Um, there's a book called the happy shoulder program, um, that really recommends this, this technique. And the thought there is, you know, this guy was a shoulder surgeon and he's like, everybody's getting shoulder surgery. We got to stop this. And he just found that this was a great stretch. So if you can accumulate two minutes in this kind of chin hang position, resting as needed, um, 
It'll really open things up. And then again, to attack your hips, um, there's a psoas release where if you take your lacrosse ball, Jeremy, and um, you, you can imagine you can imagine your bikini line, right? You know, you know where your like your hip flexor uh, is. Well, I don't think it's a good visual. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody imagine mine and Jeremy's <laughs> bikini line there. But you all, you know, you're talking about that. There's that little, there's that little spot between between your belly button and, and your hip and your pocket. You know, the, if you think about kind of where the pockets yeah. of your jeans sit, it's probably a happier visual for us all. But again, just get on a get on a ball that you can manage <laughs> in the beginning for two minutes and just kind of massage that area out you'll be amazed at how much more comfortable your squat can feel and to be honest the mobility wad stuff kelly starrett's work and and kind of um, working with my buddy danny who's on kelly's staff is is the genesis for a lot of the a lot of the mobility exercises that i do and you can get a taste of it and see what some of these things look out by uh, going out to our website and downloading the base camp program and, and specifically we're talking about that prep piece so check it out yeah no and, and- and I remember because I went through the bit base camp stuff, and um, I thought I had the range of motion. Yeah, well, you got to stick with it longer, right? I mean, in this- some of this because I was able to do pass all those tests. I was able to do all that stuff, but then when it came to that straight back mm-hmm. and getting my butt down, and it was just like, oh my gosh, well, and, and- where I felt felt where I thought I was doing the straight back, and I was doing all that, I. I really, I guess I wasn't. Well, and something like an overhead squat will expose it more because, you know, a basic goblet squat or air squat is something that is something everybody should have. But, you know, let's say you spend some time developing that basic squat. Well, then Kelly and a lot of good strength coaches will say, okay, you have a, you have a great regular squat now. Well, let's front squat it. And then the front squat will challenge you because now you have an external load on the front of your body. And the barbell's a little bit different, so now we got to work some front rack stuff and different kinds of shoulder mobility. And let's stick with the front squat for another month to six weeks until that's great. Well, then all of a sudden, when your front squat's looking good, you're like, oh, let's try an overhead squat. And now you're challenging the thoracic mobility a different way. And then even when you get the front squat, you're like, oh, let's do a snatch balance and see how quick you can jump under the barbell and then maintain that stability and then once you get a snatch balance it's like oh let's do a full snatch you know what i mean so the the cool part about this is and again to tie it into the initial conversation about incrementally changing your life by dealing with what's right in front of you is just do what you can do and make that a little bit better and then through that you'll find the next thing to make a little bit better and over the course of a year if you just start with a basic air squat, who knows where you could be? You know what I mean? And and that's going to be individual for everybody. And if you take it slow, you might wake up that old baseball player. Um, if you take it slow, you might find some new skills and new passions. And you'll just stay in the game and incrementally improve. But, you know, if, if you have never squatted before or you haven't squatted for 12 years and your goal is to do an Olympic weightlifting meet in six weeks – you're going to have some problems and you're going to get discouraged. So um, I really, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I really do like our base. Don't wait till the last minute. Yeah, and don't bite off more than you can chew. I mean, there's lots of places we can take that conversation. Yeah. But it, my goal would be just to start slow. And to be honest, if if you like this conversation we've had, had about um, shoulder mobility and Kelly's work, you know, um, a great place to experience it is to check out our base camp program. Uh, our prep piece is exactly, it comes right from, Right from Kelly's work, and in that prep piece again, um, we go we go um, we go toe to head. You know, you can hit 
<coughs> excuse me, in that prep piece, we do a we do a mobility and a stability exercise for every region of the body. And um, the difference between mobility and stability is, you know, mobility you're legitimately trying to increase range of motion, but with stability work, you're trying to own that real estate. You know, it's it's one thing, Jeremy, to stretch your ass off and crush your muscles where you can then all of a sudden take that PVC pipe from the front to behind your head. But it's another thing to then sit in a squat and hold it for 30 seconds and just be stable there. So um, within our prep piece, you know, we have, for example, it's six, it's six exercises where, you know, you go ankle distraction, monster walk. The monster walk brings some stability into your hips. Then you go chin hang into uh, banded pull-aparts, and the banded pull-aparts bring stability into that range of motion you've earned by doing the chin hang. So, you know, get in there, folks. Try some things. And if you don't know what the hell you're doing, um, uh, we've written it down for you. So get in there, and not only have we written it down for you, um, within that at the top, there's um, there's links to all the exercises we're talking about. And uh, we'd love to help you. Maybe you found that you have a good squat, and um, if you're having issues figuring out that next exercise or that next place to take your mobility practice, um, uh, I'd be I'd be more than happy um, to point you in the right direction. It's uh, When I'm not teaching middle school, you know, Jeremy, I'm, I'm training folks remotely all the time. So, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, we got we got clients from uh, we got clients from New York to Hawaii and uh, everywhere in between. So uh, we'd love to add you to the list and hook you up to get you closer to your your New Year's goals and your uh, 2020 resolution. So uh, let us know, brother. Hey, man, I can't. We had of all the things we talked about at the beginning that we were going to talk about today. <laughs> Not one. Of them. We didn't get to one of them, but damn it, if we didn't have a good time chatting, I did at least. Oh man, it was good. <laughs> you got me going on it. But, uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, it's always amazing how you have a plan and how that plan can change so quickly. But it's how we adapt to the changes that really matter. Yeah, well, it's like hunting, right? I mean, you can yep. you got a plan, and then all of a sudden the wind changes, and you got to go, you got to go that way. So, um, um, exactly happy to do it. But I, I think as you know, just to tie it up, um, I mean that I could I could do the after action review and kind of in kind of one sentence it's like you know don't be the guy who waits to do what he needs to do until he has to do it you know be, exactly be the guy that you know self-assesses and does the little things right now and, and that's hard that that's that's easier said than done man and anytime you're setting goals set the big goal and set your and then do your baby step goals just take your time so you i don't have to be i mean you're you're it may take you six months to get to where you want to be but there's no reason to quit in two months. Six months is not that long of a time frame in your life. Yeah, if you plat, yeah, that's the other thing about social media. Six months is not long. <laughs> you know, no, it's it not. isn't. But uh, so I have a question. Do do you would you say you have to break down a goal into like five steps or just how how many how many little micro steps in a good I. Th- or is there is it that's about a, is there or is it about like a time period where you should just reassess and then maybe reevaluate the goal? No, and and that's the key. It's just it, and it depends on the goal because these your goals could be so broad. But what you have to do is really when you're setting a goal, it's not just I am going to um, be healthier. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well that's extremely broad. Yeah. Okay, How, so what you have to do is like you said, you write it down and you write down. 
maybe you do the bubble in the middle and then you do all these offshoots and you say, um, eat healthy, better choices on my lunches. Uh, maybe it's portions, maybe. So you break down everything in that healthy realm, exercise, and then you can break all those down into other increments. And then you kind of just look at the whole picture and go, okay, what I want to do in the first, um, two weeks, like you said, I want to pull out this particular stuff, this one thing out of my diet, this other diet. So that first quarter, I'm going to work on my diet. The second quarter, I'm going to work uh, or focus on my diet and still have my exercise. And then the second quarter, I'm going to focus on my exercise and bring down that diet and then reassess at that time. So really, you shouldn't. It's very dangerous to put a time frame on a goal. Mm. We, it really is because then you, as you're approaching or you're nearing or you're not, you're putting all this pressure on yourself that you don't need to have. So you just you just say this is maybe it's a weight. I want to get down to this certain weight. Well, how are you going to get there? That a guy that's a hundred pounds overweight, it might take him a year and a half. Yes, I mean that's just it. But what you do is you start that healthy lifestyle now and incrementally do it and just work your way up so the main thing is you really have to break that <clears throat> main goal down into a whole bunch of well what all consists of inside of that goal yeah a little actionable steps that you can assess <clears throat> exactly and you it, and you have to babysit it baby step it there's nobody that can just say this is my goal and, and to kind of jump back, like you're saying, we're a lot of us guys are ex-athletes, and I remember I ran a four-four-five-forty, and in my mind, when I got out there in softball, I'm running a four-five, four-four-five-forty. <laughs> That's right. I'm getting there in four four seconds, four point four five seconds. Yep. No ifs, ands, or buts. And then it, it took me six seconds to get there and a pulled hamstring. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you but my mind tells me that I could do it because that's how that was the last point that I stopped that particular run mm. was I was running that fast. So your mind is telling you, hey, you could do it. And to put it in kind of a grotesque, and, and, and this is it's a sad way to look at it. But a drug addict, like a heroin, the reason why there's so many overdoses is because it's a guy that has been clean or a gal for a year, and then they go back and do the heroin amount that they did when they were quit, mm. and then they OD because the body isn't used to it. Brother, that, that's not grotesque. That's reality. I ain't gonna, it, I mean, is, it happens. It, it's a sad way to look at it, but it really hits home the impact of how, where your mind is then and where your mind is now. So... You have to think about all that kind of stuff, the in-between. Yeah. I mean, it's an extreme example, but it's one that would in, you could instantly um, – I mean, look. I mean, not to put it personal, I had I had a cousin go through that. He's a, it was a recovering addict, falls back into the wrong crew. He's on a job. They're hanging out in Florida, partying too hard, and next morning he doesn't wake up. And, um, you know, it, it – you have to you have to be careful. You have to assess and, and to put that extreme example into one that you know that's not as so extreme. The same thing can happen to anyone going back to the gym. 
You know what I mean? Exactly. All of a sudden, you know, you're you're under a bench press and you're like, ah, I can do one more set with ten more pounds. Well, that might be the that might be the that might be the set where you know the barbell you know gets a little wonky on you. You get a little tired. The palms are a little bit more sweaty and it slips and falls off. And all of a sudden, you know, those extra ten pounds are, are laying across your throat without a spotter behind you, and you're in big trouble. So, um, you know, in 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 all of this, we need to uh, need to be careful. We need to self assess and. Um, you know, as you're attacking your fitness goals, don't bite off more than you can chew. You know what I mean? And 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 find a way to just be um, self-disciplined enough to just assess yourself um, practically and and, right. and and healthily. So, but cool, man. Well, Joe, when I was when I was thirty, yeah. When I was twenty and thirty, I had to prove everything. That's right. Now I'm in my man. When now I'm in my forties, I don't have to prove shit. And I can tell you, everybody out there, you don't have to prove anything. That's exactly right. I love that. You just you do it, and then the results are going to be your actions and your results are going to be enough to prove it to yourself that you could actually conquer something that you sought out to do. Yes, I love it, and I think the kids out there are saying that you do you. Isn't that the big thing they're all they're all talking about? You do, you do you out there, you, folks. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> as long as you doing you is doing something, you know what I mean. Don't yeah. do don't do you on the couch with the phone watching people do you. You do it yourself. So um, that'd be our exactly. goal for you guys. Um, Jeremy, we're coming up on uh, we're coming up on an hour, and damn it, yeah, I, I, these might be my favorite shows where we go into it with a plan, but we go down a, a hole that ends up actually becoming something in itself in its own and um, uh, super. Um, super fun chat, man. Um, we'll have to do this again, like next Absolutely. week. Like next week, okay. yeah. We're back. We're back on our consistent um, uploads and downloads and, and posting shows, guys. We're off our break. Hopefully, you guys are off yours, and hopefully, you're ready to attack 2020. Um, I know for me, and we'll get into this on on episodes to come. I mean, this 2020 2019 hunting season was was phenomenal. And although it didn't come out in tags, it came out to some really cool opportunities that I've had um, to notch some tags. So we'll talk about more of that and, and what we're going to do in the hunts we have planned coming out. But um, you know, if if hopefully we've helped you guys assess some of this um, some of this fitnessy stuff and personal stuff that you're going to attack here in 2020. So. Um, Jeremy, my friend, uh, hopefully we help these guys train, hunt, and live a better life. I know my conversations with you are doing that for me. So for that, sir, thank you very much. Hey, you're welcome. Do the same thing for me. Fired up, guys. Well, uh, God bless America, baby. Get it, guys. God bless America, and have a good one. Jeremy. <laughs>